This is the Herbalist Without Borders Herbal Action Podcast, connecting you to our community herbalists and health justice activists. HWB is a nonprofit devoted to providing compassionate, holistic care to communities in need. We believe that healthcare is a right, not a privilege. I'm Denise Cusack, Executive Director of Herbalist Without Borders. Karen Henderson is the coordinator of the Veterans Resiliency Holistic Clinic in Richmond, Virginia. The clinic is a monthly gathering of practitioners who offer their skills in acupuncture, nutrition, herbalism, mindfulness, reflexology, yoga, craniosacrotherapy, and somatic experiencing to help support people experiencing PTSD, especially military veterans. She sees her work as encouraging a journey to wholeness. Thank you, Karen, for joining us today. Um, it's your clinic is really a great example, and I know everyone wants to hear more about it. So tell us about the Veterans Resiliency Holistic Clinic. Well, thank you, Denise, for inviting me, and I'm really excited to share what we do. So the Veterans Resiliency Holistic Clinic is a special project within Herbalists Without Borders. It began in March of 2017, and the intention and the mission is to support veterans and their family members who have been marginalized, displaced, unemployed, or homeless because of their PTSD symptoms. So we, we offer like a variety, you already said what we, what we do, but we do offer a variety of holistic modalities that relax or sometimes engage the nervous system to help build an inner resilience to life's challenges. So all of our practitioners are dedicated and skilled volunteers and are properly credentialed in the modality that they practice. We do offer somatic experiencing, craniosacral therapy, reflexology, wellness coaching, aromatherapy, clinical herbalism, nada acupuncture, mindfulness, yoga, zero balancing. And each of those modalities offer a balancing aspect on the nervous system. And I like to emphasize that we treat people and not PTSD. And I think that's always important to keep in mind. The work we do is also effective in reducing chronic pain and many of the symptoms that come with withdrawal from opiates because the symptoms of pain and trauma are often inseparable. So our clinic meets the fourth Wednesday of each month we don't charge for our services. However, we do suggest a $25 donation to Herbalists Without Borders. No one is ever turned away because of an inability to make the suggested donation. It is truly suggested. So we don't follow people around to see whether or not they're putting anything into the donation jar. And I wanna mention that for veterans, inclusion in society is an important part of recovery. And on my own journey, there were times when I felt rejection in communities that claimed that they were there for my good and found myself experiencing being re-traumatized. So I wanna be sure that every veteran feels welcome and supported and that they belong because our values, and, and I'm gonna kind of read from our value statement to, to be sure I get it right. But it says we have built an all-inclusive community based on our mission where we have created a safe container for the survival energies of trauma to be discharged in a supportive environment. We place our mission before personalities. So we wanna be sure that everybody feels safe and feels supported and feel included in what we're doing. 
our clinic's still evolving and we change and grow to meet the circumstances that are in front of us at the moment. And it's not easy to set up and maintain an ongoing clinic and the preparation, participation and dedicated, dedication of our volunteers is really the foundation of our success. So it's wonderful. So what drew you to this work? Wow, that's a deep question. So this clinic was born out of my own journey as a veteran with PTSD. After I experienced a major trauma, when I was on active duty, I was just, I was just never the same. I didn't understand what had happened to me. And I didn't understand why I was in so much distress and emotional pain because the trauma was over with and long gone. I felt broken. I felt like a part of me was missing and I wasn't whole. And I'd find myself restless and irritable. I couldn't sleep. And when I would fall asleep, I would have nightmares. I was constantly on edge. Or on the other extreme, I was too depressed to engage in life. So I isolated from everyone because the stress was too great to be with people. And I couldn't digest my food properly. And I seemed to be anxious all of the time. And often I felt like I was not in my body. Even though I'd be functioning at a very high level, people would see me and they would not have any clue of what I was going through. So like many veterans, I just kind of learned to override and minimize the symptoms. And I functioned, I functioned at a high level in society and in my career. I'd function well, I'd look good, but I was never quite rested on the inside. And I'm trying to think of an example of, um, I was like a duck. I was like a duck moving across the water. You know, I'd look so cool and, and I'd be kind of moving and, 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 you know, just looking so calm and content. But those feet were really moving underneath. And those feet were really representing my nervous system. My nervous system was really moving underneath with all that, um, that turmoil. And it was also that, that constant fear of people finding out that stigma that comes along with veterans that have, that, that have PTSD. So I was always on the alert, one, for anything that was threatening, but two, on the alert, does anybody really see what's going on with me at the time? So as I followed my career, and I just kept pressing on, like many veterans do, and I was really successful in what I did, and, but I was not dealing with those, those internal effects of my trauma, nor did I even know that it was possible at that time to do so. And it started taking a, a toll on my health and my physical body, and I developed a lung disease that eventually took me out of the workforce. And I was a real workaholic, and workaholism was how I managed my my symptoms of PTSD and stress. So I didn't know how to relax. I didn't know how to use leisure time. I didn't know how to not work. And it was a massage school down the road for me. And it was like, I got to do something. And I ended up going down and, and uh, it was inexpensive at that time. And I ended up enrolling in, in massage school um, just to fill in the time. Never had any intentions of becoming a massage therapist. And I really got in touch with some deep touch issues. 
And I found out that massage was helping to settle my anxiety and my <clears throat> insomnia and was reducing some of those symptoms of chronic pain. So the light went on like, you know, there's really something to this like holistic stuff. As we put it, the woo-woo, there's something to this because I was like a left brain scientist. So, you know, woo-woo was just not in my bag. But um, I started to explore other natural modalities that calm my nervous system. And later I, I went to herb school and there I learned about the herbs that could support my nervous system. I learned about all the herbs, but I kept studying in particular those that could support my nervous system. And I found great relief from my sim symptoms and also the zombie effects of medication that, that the VA had me on at the time. And so with the use of herbs and the support of my doctors, I was gradually able to discontinue the medication. And I'm not here recommending that anyone do this on their own, but this was just a part of my story and I'm, I'm sharing it. So then I tried craniosacral therapy and a lot of other modalities, Feldenkrais, zero balancing. I was out there trying everything in addition to the, the herbalism, because the herbalism was really important in, in my recovery. But craniosacral therapy, I just experienced that the gentle touch supported and balanced my nervous system in a way that allowed me to really sleep deeply and feel less anxious and just be more present and whole as a person. It was starting to balance my nervous system and those hormones and neurotransmitters that became imbalanced when I was traumatized. So all of these modalities were great in quieting my nervous system. However, my body still needed to complete the responses that were started in a traumatic event because the effects of the trauma were still in my body and the pleasant effects of these modalities would only last so long. And that's when I found somatic experiencing, which helped me to release the trapped energies of my traumas from my body. So I know there's a lot of words, but in short, this clinic was born out of modalities that supported me on my journey to wellness. And I just want so much for other veterans to have the opportunity to see if these modalities will also be helpful for them. And, um, and for those who choose to, to really come in and, and make a commitment to working with some of their, their trauma issues. That's wonderful. So somatic experiencing then became the foundation. And why, you know, what is it about somatic experiencing that made it the foundation of your clinic's approach? Um, and what is it? How does that impact trauma? So, SE or somatic experiencing is the work of Dr. Peter Levine. And his work showed us that trauma does not rest in the traumatic event itself, but it arises when that trapped energy from the experience is not discharged from the body and the nervous system. And I'm trying to think of a, I think I'll use one of his examples here. Like in the wild, an animal can be attacked by a predator. And let's just use a deer, for example. I'm in Virginia, so we're surrounded by all of these deer. And uh, I get to observe them quite frequently. So I'm trying to get, bear with me here. because So if that deer is being attacked, 
if he's fast enough, he can get away or he can flee. If he's big enough or if he's strong enough, he can fight. And I can tell you, deer can fight. But if he cannot fight or if he can't run, his nervous system goes into what we call a freeze state. It's like a survival state. It's like an immobile or collapsed state. He looks dead and his nervous system has slowed to the point of his predator thinking that he's dead. So this allows him to become numb to pain, his heartbeat slows down, his breathing slows down. And if he's lucky, the predator just loses all interest and leaves him alone. Um, chasing dead is just no fun for any predator. So in this frozen state, there's excess energy that is built up in the body for that need to either fight or run, but it's trapped and it hasn't been all used up. So if the animal is lucky enough to get away, he will naturally shake and start discharging that energy. And eventually his nervous system comes back to normal and he'll go back to grazing as though nothing ever happened. But we as humans have a more complicated and highly developed brain and that discharge doesn't naturally happen and that excess energy becomes trapped in the body and the nervous system. So we become stuck in that free state, that trapped survival state, which according to Peter Levine is what PTSD actually is. So all of that excess energy can't be discharged. So SE works to gradually allow that, that, that pent up energy to be discharged in a safe way so that the nervous system can come, come back to a balanced state or equilibrium. Nervous system regulation is really what our clinic is all about. And the regulated nervous system is more resilient to stress and all of those challenges that, that come, come towards us in life. So somebody cuts us off on the highway, we might get angry, you know, but we don't have to chase them down. We can come back to a normal and say, whoa, I wish he hadn't done that, but you know, I'm moving on. I'm going back to grazing now. <laughs> so the herbalism, which is, is extremely important in what we do, and aromatherapy is also extremely important in what we do. And also nutritional support and reflexology and acupuncture, all of these modalities that we practice help to quiet the nervous system and over time build a capacity for the next step, which is to safely discharge these survival energies. So we use all of these modalities to support the building of this capacity and regulation in the nervous system. And then SE can be used to slowly allow that discharge to happen. Then there's an experience that the threat has finally passed and there's no longer a need to live in that state of readiness. Whew, we can go back to grazing and my ner nervous system can now go back to grazing. Wow, that's like, that's hope. So SE just resets the nervous system and it restores inner balance and it enhances resilience to stress and it helps to increase people's capacity to actively engage in life again. And that's all we really want to do when we've been traumatized is to come back to that state of 
being able to engage in life again. So that's why the principles of somatic experiencing are the foundation of, of our clinic. That makes a lot of sense. And it seems like it's a really good um, way to encompass all of those modalities together. Um, one of the things that you do is um, with all of your practitioners is you request that they have professional credentials. Why is it important that your practitioners hold professional credentials for the clinic? So our, our clinic is supporting veterans in a way that's non-traditional and often it can be misunderstood by the general public. Everything we do can be under scrutiny because the money just hasn't been made available to do enough scientific research and clinical trials to show the efficacy of many of the modalities that we practice. So it's my desire to build credibility in the veteran or the veteran administration community, in the mental health communities, in the Richmond area, and to demonstrate that what we do is effective and built on sound science as well as tradition um, for example, let's take herbalism. As herbalists, we know that herbs work. They've been shown to work since humans existed. But how do we communicate with the medical world about the how and the why they work? How do we demonstrate that the herbs we use are effective? That we have policies and procedures in place to ensure that our herbs are what we say they are and meet all the standards that ensure that they're safe for their intended purpose? And how do we ensure that the herbs we use do not interfere with any medications that the veteran may be taking? And also, I deeply believe, and this is me, that just because we provide a free service to those in need, it does not mean that we have to provide a lower quality service. Veterans and anyone else seeking affordable or free medical care deserve to be treated by competent, and properly trained practitioners. We don't have to lower our standards. That is how we treat everyone. That's called treating people with dignity and respect. I'm a veteran and I'll tell you, I don't want anybody working on me that may not know what they're doing or providing me with products that don't meet the basic standards. We must give everyone our best in a cost-effective way. We must always be professional in our actions. And I guess I can get a little personal here, um, but I remember growing up in my neighborhood um, and people would come in to quote, save us. And the stuff they would bring into our neighborhood, including government donations, would give us diabetes, high blood pressure and other conditions. They meant well. And many people in our neighborhood didn't have enough to eat and survive and would consume what was offered. And many times even knowing that it wasn't healthy for them, but not knowing what other choices they had at the time. So, you know, my personal pet peeve is that I just don't want to serve with that attitude of, I can take anything I have to offer and expect people to be grateful for it, even though, you know, they may not, um, I might not want to uh, feed it to my own family. You know, so I'm just really, because of my own um, experiences growing up, I'm just very sensitive to that. And that whole thing is that I'm not better than or less than anybody else out there. 
So it's not my intention in, in whether I'm serving veterans or whomever I say serving to go out and save people. It only keeps people stuck in their condition, whatever that might be. It's my intention to empower people and to hold a sacred space for them to grow into supporting themselves. And to me, that's kind of like true freedom. So I kind of got off script and I kind of got on my soapbox, but um, that's really where I'm coming from in the veterans clinic. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great answer. So what do you hope people will take back to their own communities after hearing about your work? Well, you know, affordable health care is um, really a challenge in these times. And whether we're supporting veterans or refugees or prisoners or addicts or just people going through hard times, you know, there are always non-traditional and holistic practices that can support people and empower them to make decisions about their own well-being. We can support communities in a way that is cost-effective while ensuring quality and safety in what we do. We can empower people to learn to find their physician within, and the way I was trained, we always called it the inner physician, and leave them with practices and information to support their own health and well-being so that they're not totally dependent on us. So if you're thinking about doing something like this, always ask the questions like, who do you really want to serve and why? What are their primary needs? And how can you make yourself available to them? How can you provide quality care and follow-up care, which is very important, important, and partner with the community for for medical practitioners to refer them to because they may need to go outside <coughs> your clinic and be with somebody that's because they're outside of your scope of practice so you may need to be referring them out excuse me i got a little tickle in my throat here <coughs> so what is needed is like teaching people to fish so they don't have to depend on you forever to bring them fish. And I guess that's, it, it takes a willingness to do our own inner work and to deflate our own egos so that we can be fully present to the needs of those we serve. And it takes a team. And I'm really grateful um, and fortunate that we have an awesome skilled and experienced team committed um, to serving within the Veterans Resiliency Holistic Clinic. So that's all I would say. And it's, it's really been an honor to serve. And uh, I am just so grateful this has materialized. And I just have to get out of my own way. I just have to let go of my own ego. Um, because I don't, things don't always go my way. And yeah. I have to be present to what's happening in the moment. And I may not always be prepared for what's happening in the moment. And it's always this, it's also this issue of, on a team of everybody being in, in alignment with the mission. I think that's really important because if all of our arrows are, are not moving in the same direction, there's gonna be conflict 
and there's going to be distortion in energy. And we don't want to pass that energy onto our clients. We want our energy to be such that uh, we are free to be within a, with our clients in a way that they can heal and we're holding that sacred space. So that's about it. Well, thank you. It's such a wonderful model and everything about the Veterans Clinic, um, it's really inspiring. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about that. So for everyone listening, a big thank you to Karen Henderson of the Veterans Resiliency Holistic Clinic for taking the time to speak with us. To find out more about the VRHC, Karen, and all the volunteer practitioners at this monthly clinic, visit veteransresiliency.com or see the Veterans uh, Resiliency Holistic Clinic project on the Herbalist Without Borders website. Thank you for listening to this episode of Herbalist Without Borders. We're a network of herbalists, traditional healers, complementary and alternative medicine clinicians, botanical medicine makers, herb growers, students, and just folks interested in the role of plants and wellness, sustainable agriculture, preservation, and restoration. If you value this content, please go to herbalistwithoutborders.weebly.com to make a donation or join as a member today. Support down to the ground green medicine in your community.